Hey guys, welcome back to View from the Hill, a podcast that our staff has started together where we will rewind on the previous Sunday's worship service and the sermon and really just in general, sometimes what's going on here at Union Hill. We just had a church member bring us some fried apple pies and uh, I left out, I lied to them, said I was going to the restroom and I really just got a fried apple pie yeah. and came back. Um I'm thankful for Brandon and Powers. They they they've rolled with this podcast. Me and Justin's coming in today. Uh, Justin, you're with me this morning. So glad that you've tuned in. Can you believe Jay? It's the middle of July already. Uh, absolutely not. This year has flown by. It is flying as we speak. Six months? No, July is the seventh. Seventh month. month. Seventh month of the year. Over halfway in the year at Union Hill. Hey, Justin, just real quick before we dive into scripture. Tell us a little bit about what's going on at Union Hill right now. Well, we, I'm not going to steal Tullus's thunder here. He'll he'll talk about it. Come off the beach trip, had a really good time. 62 students, I believe. Total of 80 uh, with adults, five salvations. By the way, uh, Bella is one of those. Your uh, daughter. Well, you know, we've been walking through months, probably maybe close to a year of what salvation is, what's it look like, like, Hey, Dad, Lord's Supper, you know, and that that really triggered some of that at the beach. Uh, we took the Lord's Supper the last night. It's awesome. Tullus went into a pray-for-your-friend mm-hmm. mode. He mm-hmm. was like, go tell somebody you love them, pray mm-hmm. for them. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer had seen that Bella was upset, uh, and so she went. Bella came back to where we were sitting. Anyway, I, Jennifer just kind of walked her through. A little loud. I, I mean, I heard it, but it was, I don't have to hear it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But, sure. So now we're walking through discipleship of what is baptism, what's it look like. Last night we was in discussion. She used to always say, and there's nothing wrong with this, but uh, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, that prayer order. Okay, so I said, hey, hey, Bella, now that prayer is different. Mm -hmm. Like you you don't have to pray. If if you saved on what happened Sunday and we walked through that, then that – there's nothing wrong with that, but that mm-hmm. prayer now is you're saved. So mm-hmm. I said we start praying more speci- speci- specifically. That there you word, go. specific things. I, I wanted to take specific <laughs> supplication out together because we're fixing to get on supplications, yes. which is yes. you know that anyway. Word is there. So uh, beach trip. I talked through. Uh, me and you've been talking through. A, I guess this is a little cheat here, a little preview Sunday school push for August. We're going to try to yeah. push Sunday school. Right. We'll fire back up Man Church, and then we'll fall semester of uh, small groups. So yep, absolutely. we got to talk through a lot. A lot of things going on that we really don't have time to get into. I, uh, let me just throw this out here. We're getting ready, uh, getting closer to, and I know a lot of church members are kind of, hey, what's going on right now? But our church has been in a conversation together uh, in multiple business meetings and just Sunday morning conversation in building a multi-purpose facility. Uh, we're getting closer to having plans. Uh, that was the big deal, to get plans so that we can get a number to, to yes. say, hey, this is what this costs. So we're getting very close to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some space that's dilapidated. We got some space that's just really non-functional for us. So I'm very excited you know, pastoring the church to get us to a place of, of building and getting us to a place of ministry. I think that we are really missing out 
some churchwide fellowship right now that I, that I, I wholeheartedly believe that this building is going to uh, allow us to accomplish that that baptismal service we had down at the river oh, a couple fantastic. of weeks ago. Golly, yeah. it was so good! All those all the people together. So I'm really looking forward to to that idea of churchwide fellowship uh, with this building. But anyway, hey, look, let's jump into this text. We don't have all day. Uh, you don't have all day to listen to us uh, ramble. So Philippians chapter four verses four through seven. If you remember. We are walking through the book of Philippians. We've come all the way to chapter 4 now, made our way into verses 4 through 7. It's a very familiar passage on worry and faith and the Lord keeping our minds and hearts filled with peace in life. And so let's read this text together, Philippians 4, uh, verses 4 through 7. Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so we started this passage on Sunday, and uh, and there's more. There's really, I, I left a lot of meat on the bone for this coming Sunday. I can't get to everything in one sermon, but I, you know this idea of worry. I'm not real sure that uh, that we can truly have peace apart from Jesus Christ. Apart from knowing Jesus Christ, there's not a firm foundation for us. Everything has a potential to fail us, mm-hmm. and if we begin to put our hope in these things that we set ourselves up for the potential to really lose our minds over. And I talked about that, losing our mind, losing our sanity. I I was very open uh, the first 10 minutes of the sermon about just a a hard time period in my life uh, a few years back and, you know, very close to losing my mind. And the Lord just really put a bunch of people in my life and and allowed allowed me to walk through some scripture in my mind and and, and really just just held me together. You know, I've been... I've been here. I've been there close to losing my sanity, trying to minister, filled with anxiety. It's very, very difficult. Justin, talk to us a little bit about worry. Uh, is there a difference between worry and being concerned, for example? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I had a guy I used to work with said, if you worry, don't pray. If you pray, don't worry. Uh, I thought it was you know, a cool little saying he had. But I do, I do, and I... I followed your text uh, Sunday, the podcast you on the way in, and then did some study of my own. And, and you really get to a place to where scholars start talking about when you're worrying, uh, you know, you're not handicapping the power of God or whatever, but you're living in anxiety that's unneeded. Uh, but it all hinges back to what you said. You, If you're a believer and our hope and our grace and our faith is in Him, then it it does change just a general worry for us, like concern for things in our life, I I would fully agree on, but to actually worry into a point of anxiety, into a point of, you know, you talked about in your sermon during COVID, holy smokes, how hard that was on us all in ministry. If earthly things are your driving point, then I think worry... Uh, definitely is bad because you know the Bible teaches us we're to look heavenly, upwardly. So really shouldn't worry on anything mm. eternal. That, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. These things I think can raise concern, but to balance the true worry, uh, we all do it. Mm-hmm. We just got to manage it correctly. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think, and I do think there's there's a there's a difference there. 
for me, this text is fantastic as well. And we talked about that a while ago that when you're anxious and, you know, I love that it's always bringing up prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Again, that verse six and seven is fantastic. But I think people miss that. It's hard to get up and do your disciplines and then truly worry all day. Yeah. You know, if you think about you get up, you have your quiet time, prayer time, reading, or maybe it's at the end of the day. I don't know. But uh, since I've started doing it a little bit more early, I find that the Lord, you know, He jump starts the old tractor early mm -hmm. for you, you mm -hmm. know, and gives you yeah. something for the day. Because look, we're going to grind, buddy. This world, we're going to grind in this world. And uh, how, many, how many devotions are you in? Devotionals are you in? So in a day? I get two to my phone. Okay. And then and one of them's the utmost. And then uh, my utmost for size. Yeah. And then I'm walking through. Tony Evans uh, with a brother. Uh, okay. Now, Tony Evans will get in your grill. Yes, he will. And uh, Tony Evans is one of the the best illustrators of of sermon points that I've ever heard. The way he can illustrate a point out of the scripture is just I don't know if there's anything anyone like him. He's so good. Yeah, he'll he'll you know, he his kingdom minded, kingdom men, you know, he's really pushing that hard in this in this devotional and uh he I mean hey at the end of the day uh, he's spot on. Mm -hmm. It's just we may not like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you talked about that a while ago that kicked me back to Romans 5. When you walk through those disciplines there, the character and, you know, being diligent, all those things it talks about, it lands on the hope, and it just ties back into, you know, where we're at here in our in our faith and prayer. And as a Christian, we look should look totally different at things than an unbeliever or the world because we do have hope. Without yeah. Jesus, like you yeah. said a while ago, man, I don't know how people function. I think I think the world and I'm I'm off topic already, off the page, and, and we'll just go till we stop right here and uh, but I'm already off the page. But I think the world uh, takes joy in things that God has given and they detach those things from God. Okay. So I think the world loves their family. You know, in general, in general. Right. Now, obviously, there's some there's evil out there that doesn't love their family. Okay, but I think the world loves their family. I think the the world loves their friendships. I think the world loves their stuff. I think the world loves um, vacation time. I think the and, hey and and I love all this stuff too. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I think the world loves rest time. I think the world loves. I mean, fill in the blank. But but. But they detach those things from God, okay? Mm -hmm. Whereas a believer has been given all those things. All those are gifts gifts from God. God gives those things to those that don't even believe in him, that don't even that don't love him. God gives them gives those gifts. God is a good God, okay? But the believer sees all of those gifts, and rather than detaching those gifts from God, they see God's hand in every single one of those things so that truly to enjoy your family, the only way to truly enjoy your family is to know that God has given you your family and therefore I worship God as I love my family. And uh, and in the midst of loving my family, whether we're on vacation or whether we're at church or whether we're riding down the road going to eat Taco Mama or whether we're going to the movies or, or whatever we're doing, watching my son play baseball, when, when I can really, in my heart, worship the Lord in the midst of all these things and give Him the glory in the midst, that now all of a sudden, 
the worry, uh, watch this, the worry transfers into faith because he's the one that really owns all of those things anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so worry, what it says is, is that I don't trust you, Lord, that, that, that my problems are bigger than you, uh, that you don't have a purpose in my problems or in my pain. Um, if I if I love all of those things and detach from God those things, then guess what? Any one of those things can be ripped from me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I don't like to talk about this, but but we are not guaranteed that we will be with our kids tomorrow. Right. We are not guaranteed that we will be with our wives tomorrow. We are not guaranteed. I'm not. I'm not guaranteed that I'll have a job tomorrow at Union Hill Baptist Church. Right. So so if I put my my trust in those things. When I lay my head on the pillow at night, I have no choice but to worry. Because if those things are ripped from me, mm-hmm. now I've lost everything. I've lost my foundation. So so worry really says, you know, I don't, I don't trust you, Lord. And I pulled this quote out. I don't know if yeah. you heard this quote when you were coming back from the beach with the students uh, Sunday. But I pulled this quote uh, from Reverend A. Lewis Patterson of Mount Corinth Missionary Baptist Church. I, I heard this quote this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this pastor's passed away now, but this wonderful quote: "Worry is like filing formal charges against God and accusing Him of mismanagement." And I just thought that that was just such a, a a wonderful quote, meaning that when we worry deep down inside, we are pointing our finger at God, saying, "You're not good to me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take care of me." Yeah. When I heard that and it said mismanagement, I loved it. Uh, MacArthur says it this way, fret and worry indicate a lack of trust in God's wisdom, sovereignty, and and or power. So it's almost like, you know, when you start to look at those things, like you're saying, we trust in him because of all the knowledge he has, power, ability, I mean, all that great stuff. But when when we fret, worry, and, and are super anxious past, I think... I think there's some biblical truths there, and then when you get passed into the secular world or the the, it's not necessarily a sin, but what I'm saying is, worry's driving you. Uh, you play into this God's uh, the, the lack of trust in in God's wisdom, sovereignty, and power, which I think, you know, it's almost like uh, this is verse six was one of one of the texts that. So Caitlin is eighteen. But and I'm chasing rabbits here a little bit. Caitlin's 18, Jackson just turned 13. Well, there's five years of infertility that we struggled with and, and never understood. So we went mm-hmm. into infertility programs, went through surgery shots, all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we didn't understand why those five years we lost two children. There's a there's a whole picture there that we tried to understand. Well, when you look at verse six, I I'm reminded here because of the anxiety. There was the supplication here. Jennifer really wanted more children than one. Yeah. Okay, all that God granted five years later. Here's yeah. the danger, though, Mike. If he hadn't have, he's still a good God. Oh, that's so good. So I true. mean, yeah. and, and what I would tell Jennifer at night, and, and of course, you know, ladies out there that, that struggle, and uh, you're not promised children, but you know, I can remember telling Jennifer, even if we're only going to have one child, the world looks back and goes, see, your God, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? They want to shake the finger. Mm-hmm. He's a failure. Or he didn't this or he didn't this. Well, that supplication here, you know, truly God knew our hearts. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, that text don't say, well, if you pray hard enough, I'm going to give you that second child. That's true. You know what I mean? And I think that that's a difference in worry and trusting. And I'm, I don't have it perfect. We don't, me and you, neither one. But 
there's a line there of what you're really trusting and worrying in. You know, I mean, children are great gifts from the Lord, but if he hadn't have granted, yeah, he still would be a good guy. Sure, sure. It, it, yeah, anyone that hears this, you know, goes, yeah, it's easy for you. Could they, anyone that hears this could say, yeah, it's easy for you to say that. He, he you know, you, you got your children, right? You know, but the the people that that don't see, I told you so. Um, well, but but I would say. Okay, to that family. Okay, they asked for children in this scenario that you've given. They've asked for children. They they've asked and asked and asked, and the Lord hadn't. And this 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 third party over here, this other person's going. See, I told you, you know, you prayed and it didn't happen. And then I, but I would respond to that person and say, um, you hadn't you hadn't watched the whole game yet. Yeah. You know, you, okay, maybe the Lord doesn't answer their prayer. In that fashion, you—they're you, just in the third quarter, yeah. and you're basing a judgment on the football game based off the third quarter. You—you haven't seen the fourth quarter yet. Mm-hmm. I've watched—I've watched good teams, and you have too. Whatever sports you want to pick, I've watched good teams play a terrible first half, a mediocre third quarter, and somehow still be in the game in the fourth quarter, and and, and pull it out and win. And I would tell you that that in the Christian in, in Christianity, you can't base a judgment on our life as a believer as far as God answering a prayer based off the third quarter. The fourth quarter ain't got here yet. Right. And if you read the text all the way to the end, the, the <laughs> we win in the fourth quarter. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. so anyone that points their finger at God in, in that particular scenario and says, see, God's not good. He didn't answer that prayer. You know, that person can look back and go, uh, he just didn't answer the prayer in the way that I wanted, right. you know. Yeah. But but the Lord will, the the Lord is going to win this thing. Mm-hmm. He it, the, the scripture is so clear about that. Hey, I want to just real quick. How long have we been going? I want to take the scripture fourteen minutes. fourteen minutes, just for a few minutes. I want to take the scripture in a way that most of the commentaries I've read do not go there, and um, and I want to put the verses that we read in context of the previous verses. And so everything's in context here, but the con- the context of the pr- of not worrying and trusting in God, I want to put it in context of the previous verses that we've talked about with these two sisters in Philippi in this church that have had a falling out, Eudoia and Syntyche, when Paul encourages them to agree in the Lord, verse two to agree in the Lord, verse three. Uh, Paul brings in this third party, this this person we don't know who he is, or it's a she, could be either one. This could be the name of the person, loyal yoke fellow, or true companion. Um, Paul um, Paul uh, brings him in into this. He's following Matthew eighteen, and in, as far as having church conflict, following Matthew eighteen, bringing in the third party. And wanting these sisters to agree in the Lord, these sisters, we don't know what the issue is. We we don't think that it's a trivial matter. Here's what we know: we know that they have a history of of being credible in this church, a history of serving God in this church, and and Paul even says that their names are written in the book of life. So these women truly have had a falling out, and so Paul wants to 
these women who've been sidelined in the ministry. Paul's trying to get them back in, so he pulls in this third party. Is it the pastor? I don't know. I I, I tend to want to think it is because I I'm pastoring. Right. And and so now we get into this context uh, of conflict resolution. Justin, just real quick, how do you think that these scriptures that we read about about being gentle, the Lord is near, don't be anxious, pray. The peace of God. How do you think all this fits into the third party or the conflict resolution? Talk to me a little bit about well, that. I mean, obviously, if it, if it was me and you, and, and you know, we was this companion going into here, we always try to start uh, basically like the text says. Uh, there's a gentleness here, a graciousness, or a forbearance, you know. And then, you know, when we're going into something, I, I'll never forget the time that uh, you sat with a, a church. He's not a church member anymore, but. Uh, he was very upset, and uh, you'd ask him, "Had he? Did you even pray before you came here?" And yeah, he, he came. And he said no, and I thought, "Well, what in the world?" Hey, yeah, like I've come a long way since those days. I met with that with that person by myself, uh, which was probably not smart because he was extremely angry about something, and I remember that. I was not prepared to talk about to talk about this on on this podcast, but but here we are. Yeah, he came in and he and extremely angry. Very demanding, you know, uh, very angry, not really at me, but about a situation. And that was, and, and I just let him, I let him rant. I let him rant. And then, and then right as at the tail end of it, I asked him, yeah, have you even prayed about any of this? And, and, and he was honest. He went, well, no, you know, so. Yeah, I think when you, so what I, what I've learned over the years is, uh, you you have to be, you you were slow with him. You know you didn't you didn't light him up because he hadn't prayed about it. You got to just let him sometimes vent. We've learned yeah. too. It sometimes it's a secondary issue. Really, it's mm-hmm. not even what's going on most of the time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but when you're listening, and I I feel like what you're saying too, uh, Paul uh, is is pleading for this companion here to to make it right the best he can with these two women. Uh, but he's going to have to listen to them, whatever the scenario is. And so we relate it to us today. If, if somebody came in here, we always try to listen. And, and our end goal is always to honor the Lord. And if we're believers, which sometimes don't taste good, is when we look back and go, well, you, if you're a Christian, you know, obviously you're going to pray about it. you got to have as much grace as the other person. And we just start to walk this conflict out, whatever it is, you know, uh, to get to a median and a landing point for mm-hmm. both sides to say, okay, well, we can still worship the Lord and come here and function. And, you know, and, and it's not a deal breaker where people's leaving churches and sure. and whatnot. Sure. But in doing so, uh, I mean, these are just simple steps that always come to, I mean, if you think about it, it's like the ABCs, man. People don't understand, but it is uh, just truly praying and seeking and following the Lord and slow to speak, quick to listen, and just try to walk and let the Lord guide us and, I, th- I think that that's what we try to do. Not perfect, but right. we really try it. All right. And, and back to what you said a minute ago about the text not promising the fix. Right. The text not promising that God's going to give the prayer. The text here does not promise that these two women will ever be friends again. Mm-hmm. The text doesn't promise that when the third companion, the, the pastor, whoever, the sister, the third sister, I don't know who this is, when 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 they come in to sit down with them, 
the text does not promise that that that's going to go well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these one of these women, Sintiki, could look at him and say, "I'm done with all y'all. I'm walking." Yeah. Uh, the text doesn't promise any of that, but what the text does promise is that peace can be had for anyone yeah. that will trust the Lord to even walk through any of this. And so, whether the whether the situation gets resolved between these two sisters or not. The text is promising that the mm-hmm. peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will defy human logic that 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 this person in the middle of this can have peace, that that these two sisters can have peace, mm-hmm. that peace can be had uh, in their hearts and in their minds. One of the things that we have learned, and I'll, I'll let you speak into this uh, a second, one of the things that we have learned in conflict resolution uh, within a church, within our lives in general, is that if s- things usually start real small, and sometimes they don't have to be dealt with, and and things will play out. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's been proven to us. It's coming back around at some point. Yes, bigger, and, and when it it yeah. grows, it's yeah. all. It, it seems to be bigger, and it seems to be more dramatic. When it comes back around, I let me say this to you. I think here because I was I was in the same mindset when you said peace. Uh, shocker here, everybody at Union Hill don't love Mike. Okay, <laughs> we feel like the majority hey, would. Let me tell you but this. Watch this. There's a peace you got to have of being okay with saying I've done all I could to yeah. make whatever. Yeah. Let's say you was in this conflict. Yeah. And and you wrong to hurt somebody. You've made it right. You've apologized. You seek the Lord. I think I think I've left some conflict conflict resolutions before, uh, some some bad scenarios, and thought, well, I got peace, man, because I, I did all we could do. You yes. see what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I feel like there's peace now. They may leave. Well, I mean, we, there's there, we know of active situations where it ain't peaceful. But right. man, we, me and you've done all we could do. Right. You know, and and I have a peace to go. Yeah, God blew my mind right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, which it, it has to be you at the same when you're a church that, that you know, has a, the, the flock that we have. It's just a given. Somebody's not happy. There's not. There's no question. Yeah. Somebody in our church right now is not happy with something. Uh, yes. And, and what our, my prayer is, and I think the Lord's really just taking this thing slow for us, is you mentioned it earlier, going into a building project mm-hmm. like Man, there's people get run off, you know, yes. shamed out of the ministry. Yes. We don't want none of that for a building. You know what I mean? And so, like, I'm telling you now, everybody ain't going to be happy. No. You can't. Nope. Nope. You know? um, and, and this is, I think, one of the reasons that not even knowing when I preached, when we started Philippians, I think this is one of the reasons that we're preaching this text and the Lord has shown, shown me this just over the course of preaching. I did not know this weeks and weeks ago when we started this book, but I think this this text is heading trouble off at the past before we ever have to deal with it. Um, you know, people are, people want this this wall color. People want this brick color. People want uh, this kind of tile. People want... Swimming pool. A, uh, <laughs> a spa, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a bowling alley. Uh, not really, but... Yeah, yeah I know. But, you know, you're right, dude. This is this is this is really heading heading this off, man. 
heading this off for us to get into some conflict that is that is just senseless. Mm-hmm. And I think too, uh, any church deals with any any staff, pastor, whatever. But uh, there's some keys that I think it makes it more healthy for everybody. And at the end of the day, if you leave there with a peace that you did all you could do. Uh, with the thought of restoration and love in mind, because that's the Matthew 18, then, man, that's that's really all we can do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, work with them, talk through it, continue on. You know, like that particular brother, uh, he he was, Mike, he did it. You didn't do it. Mm-hmm. He was in the wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just came to light. So, Mike, you know what I mean? Like, some, some of this is going to be back on these two women. Sure. You know, to say... Yeah, I'm in the wrong or whatever. It's because we don't know all the text, but that's what you hope. One of the women, one of the women, and we don't know how it played out. It's very possible it could have played out like this. One of the women says, "You know what? I really wronged you in in yeah. this situation, and I'm sorry." And then it is on the other sister mm-hmm. to forgive. Well, how many times should she forgive? Yeah, seventy times. 70, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That that other sister's got to play her pride yeah. back out on the line too, and say I forgive, and then press on and move on, and serve with one another, mm-hmm. and really press on, not hold. Uh, here here's a lie. I think I don't think we can ever forget. A lot of people say, "Hey, well, I just want to forgive and forget." I think forgetting's impossible. Right. But it's difficult. For but sure. holding it against somebody, I think that's yeah. it. Yeah. That we get to where we don't hold something against somebody. Yeah, because. But, it, we kid around about it and talk about it all the time. Uh, unforgiveness is brutal. Uh, it's like we say, we love to say, it's like you drinking the poison waiting on another person to die. Mm-hmm. That unforgiveness, man, wears out you more than the most time, man. Mike, we've said it most time, they ain't even thinking about it anymore. It's right. you or right. us or right. whatever. Uh, and uh, a lot of times, and I've heard you say this before, there's some arrogance and pride in in who. It, let's just say it was me. Like all the time thinking, well, they've done moved on, and you hadn't. Like, do you really think they're thinking about you? You see yeah, what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not the center of their life. Yeah, they've been long gone, people. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Hey, look, we're we, we're running out of time. I don't. I do want to read some scripture to close this thing out. Uh, Jesus talks about worry. And really, this is commentary. Philippians 4 is commentary on Jesus' words out of Matthew chapter number 6, where Jesus says this, and I, I just want to close with this. If you're worried about things in your life and you confess Christ, you confess that Jesus is your Savior, then lean on these words today. Take your worry to the Lord and lean on Him. And let's just close with these verses where Jesus says, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear? Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O oh, you of little faith, so do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. 
but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Any thought before we're out of here? No, I, I 100% trust. You know, my, my favorite verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it's, it's a trust. Having faith in knowing that the Lord knows the fourth quarter. Uh, he, he wrote it uh, according to Psalm. So, I mean, I think when you get into a place mentally where, hey, I can only affect what I can only affect, and I can only change what I can only change. The Lord has all of it, and I'm going to lean on Him. I think the people that struggle with that, somebody could say, no, you're wrong, but a lot of times they ain't leaning on Him. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. so uh, if, if I unplug this microphone, whatever this cord is, and this thing goes dead, that's because it lost the power. Mm-hmm. If we unplug from the Lord, not Th- in salvation, isn't... I'm just saying just general I, I'm everything. Hearing you. If, we, if we're not plugged up to the power source, bro, we're going to struggle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and still going to struggle with him, but, man, it makes it better to be able to lean on him. Hey, thank you for tuning in and listening. Join us next week back here, View uh, from the Hill, as we discuss next week's sermon. We love you, praying for you. God bless.